Good morning. This is Lynn Knudsen. Welcome to Episode 6 of Getting to Know You, a podcast about the Treehouse community. I have lived in this beautiful community for 17 years now, and I'm convinced more than ever that this community should be a model for all the world to see. In case you didn't know about it, I'll give you a brief overview. The amazing Judy Cockerton, our founder, adopted a child many years ago from the foster system and recognized the enormous need for a community to provide the comfort and security that families who take children from the foster system to foster and adopt them. So she sprang into action and from finding the right location, the housing organization, and many other necessary entities, she actually created a village which she named Treehouse. You can Google Treehouse Foundation East Hampton to view it in all of its glory. Now to the purpose of this podcast. A village is made up of its members, the heart and soul of the village. So I am here to report to you the heart and soul of Treehouse. Cassie Cowan. (laughs) Hi, Cassie Cowan. I'm so happy that you're here in my little podcast called Getting to Know You. The purpose of this is to get to know the people who are involved in Treehouse, our residents and our staff people, and uh, you are fairly new. And I'd like to get to know you a little better and know what makes you tick and how and why and where. (laughs) So let's start at the beginning. And please tell me something about your background, where you were born, where you were raised. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I'm happy to be here. This is great fun. Um, I was actually born in Boston, <clears throat> but uh, between my f- kindergarten and first grade year, my parents moved to California. Mm-hmm. So I was raised in California, and um, my father was a college professor, and my mother was an artist, mm-hmm. and I was raised in Southern California, uh-huh. and um, my grandfather, my Father's father was my only living grandparent at that time, and I saw him probably once or twice in my lifetime Mm -hmm. where he came to us, but we didn't come back to the East Coast at all. So I find it very interesting that I have come full circle now and ended up in Massachusetts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, So that's sort of where I come from and how I started out. So what would make you want to come to Massachusetts after being in Southern California? That's a very good question. Like coming from heaven. (laughs) I had, I was actually living in San Francisco Uh and had a lovely job at Grace Cathedral Uh as a music administrator and choral director. Oh, lovely. Huge cathedral. I got to ride the cable car to work every day. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. And that was following a 25 year stint as high school choral director uh-huh. in Central California. Oh, lovely. So I had gone back to school and gotten my master's degree in choral conducting uh-huh. at San Francisco State oh. and um, with my second husband then had moved to the Bay Area uh-huh. and I was able to not work for a little while, which yeah. is something I'd never been able to do in my whole entire life. <laughs> but so, the kind of work you were doing sounds like yeah, very so I, fulfilling It work. was yeah. absolutely the best career ever. Yeah, I wow. just had so much fun and I loved it to pieces. Uh-huh. Um, and I was teaching in a very small town, so I was fortunate enough to have my daughters with me most of the time because there was only one high school. And so yeah. if they were going to go to school, it was mine. Yeah. So <laughs> and, what made you want to move from, from heaven? <laughs> um. 
we, my husband's family's from Maine, uh-huh. and there came a point where we had this beautiful house just a mile from the beach in San Francisco, and he was working full-time, and I was working full-time. The kids were grown and gone and doing their thing, and we looked at each other, and we said, you know, we're not going to be able to afford to stay in this house when we retire. Oh, yeah. You know, because we'd gotten married in our mid-40s, uh-huh. so we didn't have a lot of equity, you know, invested in this home. Yeah. And it was just such a terrifying thought that we would we would keep working and working and working so hard yeah. to get to here, but not be able to stay there. Oh, yeah. And so, and his mother was, you know, aging. He's the oldest uh-huh. in his family, and he was doing a lot of back and forth, yeah. trying to take care of his mom and take care of his brother, who was also sick. So we decided that we would sort of alter the plans and plan to come back to the East Coast so he could be closer to his family. Because my girls were still traveling. They did lots of overseas teaching. Uh My daughter got a Fulbright, and they were still running around, and neither one of them married yet. So they said, we'll go wherever you are, Mom. It's fine. You know? uh So... um, so that brought you back to the East So that Coast, brought us yeah. to Connecticut. Uh-huh. And then interestingly enough, when my older daughter got married, mm-hmm. when she finished her doctorate and got married in Seattle and was interviewing for positions, uh-huh. she accepted the position at UMass, uh-huh. Amherst. So yeah. she and she and her husband ended up settling in Amherst. Oh, I see. So, so that brought you here. Yeah. So All that was the Connecticut Amherst. <laughs> yeah. And then my other daughter <laughs> was still in Costa Rica and Brazil doing uh, her Fulbright. And when she came back to the United States, both her sister and I were here. Yeah. So this is where she settled as well. So that's how I ended up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that's how you landed here. Right. So that's what brought me to Connecticut. And then um, right around 2014, my husband left unexpectedly. And I sort of had to rethink everything and decided that I needed to come up here and be closer to my children. He just left? Yes, he did. Oh, dear. Yes. Well, that must have been a trauma. It was pretty awful. I mean, I was caught so off guard, and I just, as we do, kick ourselves all over the place for being so vulnerable and getting ourselves Uh, to that place. But I was suddenly left with... I didn't have a job. I was, oh, you know, I yeah. I didn't have health insurance. I was we were oh. in a rental house and it was oh. it was very And he just traumatic. walked away? Well, he said he was leaving. What the? He told me he was leaving. Oh, yeah. So essentially, our yeah. plans to retire in Maine yeah. and buy land and yeah. we had everything all planned out. He yeah. just sort of took upon himself to do it alone. Oh, dear. So yeah. it was a I don't yeah. want to dwell on that, but it yeah. was quite a shock. And yeah, so that was your second husband. You that said. was my second yeah, husband. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I had to rethink and at the same time my mom was in Florida and had had a couple of falls and she was alone and yeah. I was going down there to help her. So he and I, my second husband, had made plans to move her up here, Yeah. Well, which would have been to Norwalk. Yeah. And we had gotten her on the senior housing lists everywhere and had decided that she'd live with us until she found a place. Yeah. So that was all in play and she had put her house up for sale. Oh, gee. And so one of the complications among many of having your husband walk out after 15 years of marriage yeah. was that I was left with my my mom had already sold her house. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you want me to do with my mom? You know, oh, did you yeah. even think this through? Oh, so, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of downside to that. So oh, it was, yeah. um, uh-huh. you know, and me, I had put all my faith in. He was supporting me. That's yeah, what he sure. did. And uh-huh. so I ended up having my mom come up. And helped me get out of that Norwalk house. Yeah. And she was just a rock. I mean, if she hadn't come up, I don't know what I would have done. Oh, well, that's good. She was a big help. She was amazing. And I had a dog to take care of. And, of course, I was frantically trying to find work. 
and I needed something that would support my mom and I and would give me health insurance. I didn't care at this point what it was. So I had basically just put in Western Massachusetts as a search because that's where Rebecca, my oldest daughter, was. And she was in uh, teaching in Amherst but living in Hadley. So I figured anything within an hour or so of her would be better than where I was. And, of course, I couldn't stay where I was because I couldn't afford to stay in the house. So you found a job here? Yeah, so May, June, July. So I had three months to my lease ran out. Uh-huh. Three months. So I found a job in Pittsfield. Uh-huh. I and what were you came doing up there. What? I was an office manager for Temple. Oh, uh-huh. for the Jewish Temple there. Oh, I see. Oh, but it wasn't in music. Though. It wasn't a music uh-huh. job. I was uh-huh. an office manager, and they liked me so much. They said anybody that's taught for thirty-five years and has music administration experience will be able to hand the office perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so even though I wasn't Jewish and didn't really know the ins and outs of the religion, they needed somebody yeah. to manage, yeah. which I was good at because yeah. I'd managed, uh-huh. you know, classrooms yeah. for all my life. Right. So it was a good job, it was a decent salary and I had health insurance. Oh, well, that's good. Right. Yeah. So then I came up searching for an apartment. So in the meantime, my mom was staying in the rental house taking care of the dog doing what she could do to pack and sell off at yard sales everything that we couldn't take. And I was up here searching for an apartment, so I found one Uh and had to send her pictures, and she had to sort of go sight unseen. Her only criteria was that she wanted her bedroom on the second floor. Oh, really? So she could feel safe to open her window at night. Oh, (laughs) well. Yes, that was her only criteria. So we found a lovely place. It was right outside of downtown Pittsfield, so close enough to my work, but not far out in the wilderness and safe. I wanted a place where she could walk around the block and not feel threatened. Uh So how did you (sighs) happen to hear about Treehouse? Let's see. So I was working at the temple and then shifted that job about two years into an other office manager job with a of all things, tax attorney. Um, And that was my fight. I was trying to get to 65 (laughs) so I could retire and move out here closer to my daughters. Uh And so in the two years leading up to that, I was searching for senior housing. I knew what my financial situation was going to be when I retired, so I had parameters of income. And I started searching for senior housing close to both my girls. And by that time, my younger daughter had been gotten married Mm-hmm. to a man in Brazil, and they had moved also to Northampton. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so both of my daughters were in Northampton. Oh, that was wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, the hour from Pittsfield was better, but um, and actually closer than the girls and I had ever been since they left for college. Uh, so that nice. was a treat yeah. to even be in the same state. Sure. But, of course, in retirement, I wanted to be closer. I really wanted to be a present grandma. Yeah. And my older daughter had had Ida. Ida Bell, uh-huh. who is now seven, going on eight. Uh-huh. And my goal was to get here right around the time Ida started kindergarten uh, so well, I could yeah. pick her up and be part of her life yeah. and, uh-huh. and all of that kind yeah. of thing. So that was my goal. Uh-huh. And um, so Treehouse came up in my search for affordable housing. Uh-huh. That's sort of how I found it. And then did you find it online? I what? did. I yeah. found it online. Oh, uh-huh. And then I started doing some research into the, uh-huh. you know, the overall background of it and I having been in I want to say social work but a teacher yeah for all of my life I really had a problem retiring to uh, a big building that looked like a hotel yeah with no outside space and no room to move and yeah. no young people right and I didn't know how to reconcile that with yeah. actually getting affordable housing because the right. affordable housing I had looked at was just horrid. Yeah. And I just said, ugh, I just can't imagine myself here. Yeah. So when the concept of Treehouse yeah. 
And having young people around, which is exactly what I was after. Yeah. I don't mind the sound of children playing. I yeah. like that. Yeah, I do. I'm not offended yeah. by <laughs> right. that. You right. know, I want to see the kids going by on their bicycle. Right. And we're right next door to that new school. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. Treehouse really fit all of my criteria. Right. Um, <clears throat> but the financial situation was very complicated and got more complicated. So I got on the list. I got on all kinds of lists uh-huh. and sort of just waited it out. And that was in 2019. Uh-huh. And then COVID came. Yeah. And then my osteoarthritic knees got to the point that I didn't look like I was going to be able to wait to oh, 65 dear. to have the knee surgery that I needed. Oh. I needed knee replacements. And I just didn't know if I was going to make it because I was six. Let's see, I'm 64 now. So I was 62. Oh. <clears throat> so between COVID and the knee problem and the being on lists problem. And oh, by the way, my mom had moved to my sister's house. She had a stroke. Oh. And I wasn't able to take care of her oh, anymore. Yeah. That was about uh, three years after we moved oh, to Pittsfield. So she lived with your sister. We had a lovely time yeah. those first couple of years. But great. she... Um, yeah, she had a stroke, and I, because I was still working full-time, I was just, it was awful. She had the stroke in August, and by January, I just realized I, she couldn't drive anymore. I was at work. The dog was at home. You know, it was just, it was oh, yeah. so complicated. I yeah. couldn't do for her what she yeah. needed anymore. Right. So my sister, who's in California and also a doctor, uh-huh. um, said, okay, it's my turn. Oh, Send her out, you know. Yeah. So I she went it. out there um, and spent the last of her days with my sister. Oh, so it was just me and the dog. Yeah. And um, that was the... Your mother is still living with your sister? No, she passed away during COVID, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But she, um, in May of the COVID year, she passed away. She had lung cancer. Oh, too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but my sister and I, you know, dealt with it together. Yeah. Which is nice because my sister and I aren't very close. We didn't live together as children. When my parents split up, we split as well. Oh, yeah. So it was it was we we feel good about how everything went. I was able to go out, say my goodbyes and get her in hospice and it was early enough in COVID days where we didn't have to put her into a nursing home. Yeah. We put her in a hospice house so my mm-hmm. sister was still able to be with her yeah, and see her wonderful. in person. Yeah, so like you and your sister both have very good hearts. Yes. To care yeah. of your mother. So she passed away in May of 2020. Yeah. And um, but I still had the dog. Yeah, <laughs> it was the husband went, and then my mom went, and yeah. here was the dog. The dog was very old, so I knew that was coming. So you still I was, had a dog. I huh? still had no. She passed away as well. Oh, that was did. sort of the last straw. Oh dear. <laughs> yep, yep. The um, dog, the yeah. dog. I mean, she was a 15-year-old beagle. Yeah, you know, um, it was going to yeah. happen. But uh, luckily, yeah. my new job at the tax office was a family-owned operation, uh-huh. and they let me bring her to work every day. Oh, how lovely. So uh-huh. she spent her last years sleeping under my desk uh. at the <laughs> office and coming out to eat and yeah. greet everybody at the door. Yeah. Oh, that's a lovely life. Yeah. So I was living in the apartment in Pittsfield, working in the office. Uh-huh. I was alone. Uh-huh. But, you know, I had been in Pittsfield almost five years and had been so focused on the survival mode. Yeah. Which is what you have to do when you get put in a position like right. that. How yeah. can I survive? How can right. I support my mom? I didn't want to end up homeless, obviously. Yeah, sure. That I really hadn't done anything but work and take care of my mom and my dog. Yeah. And so I really hadn't made any friends at all. Yeah. Oh, and so yeah. the concept of leaving Pittsfield to get nearer to my daughters was yeah. a no-brainer at that point. Sure, of course. Yeah. So that's how Treehouse got to my radar. I and think. I did get on the list, but I didn't qualify um, financially because they had to count my current income. Oh, really? Yeah. Which was my yeah. full-time work. Oh, right, yeah. And something about the way the timing of the paperwork 
on paper, I looked like I made too much money to live there. Oh, yeah. And so I was disqualified and taken off the list. Oh, terrible. So as time got closer, I tried to figure out what I could do to get back on that list because that's really what I wanted. Uh And I was accepted at a couple of places that were like the hotel, Uh quote unquote, that I had mentioned earlier and came out and visited. And I just said to my daughter, I just cannot live in a place like that, you know. So I got to this weird point where my knee surgery was set and then postponed and then postponed and then postponed because of COVID. Oh, yeah. And I was working at a tax office, which meant April's not a really good time to be out of the right. office. Yeah. So we were trying to schedule it so I could get back to the office yeah. early enough. But because of COVID, you yeah. know, everything just went wacky. Yeah, everything went crazy. So I did finally end up having that first knee surgery yeah. in May uh-huh. oh, that's good. and took medical leave. Uh-huh. So I was on medical leave making oh, and, almost my full salary. Oh, and then so, you were right. Then you were eligible, right? No, but then yeah. I was ineligible because I still had other money. Oh. So it was just, it, yeah. if you looked at me on paper, I was very rich. Right. I had medical leave. I had pension. I had retirement. I had all these things. But everything was going to end in August. Oh. So it yeah. was at that point that I had to get out of that apartment and over yeah. here into something. Yeah. You know? And so I was still I was back on the treehouse list. Uh-huh. But I was, you know, it's so hard when you call, you know, I got to know Tracy over the phone. I'm yeah. sorry, Kathy, we don't know. You're on the list. You know, we can't really tell you. It could be three uh, months. It could be two weeks. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm like, gosh, you know, I'm on a month-to-month lease at my Pittsfield yeah. apartment. Yeah. My landlord knew I was looking to move. And yeah. I just had to sort of, oh. as August got closer, I had yeah. to decide, was I going to go back to work yeah. and stay there? Or was I going to retire and move here? Yeah. But I didn't have any place to live. Oh. oh so magically, yeah. I got accepted at two places at once. Oh. I went and looked at the place in Hadley, and they had an opening, and they said they could take me. In time, it was affordable. It was not where I wanted to live. Yeah. It wasn't the kind of place I wanted, but it was a place. Yeah. Right. Um, unfortunately, I would have had to sign a year lease to go oh, there. Yeah. So that was number one. Yeah. The day after I saw the Hadley place... I got a call from, let's see, that would have been Jamita at that time, saying that I was at the top of the list. Oh, terrific. But there were no openings. Oh, oh, (laughs) Oh, my. So I I would stay at the top of the list until something opened up, but they didn't know when that was going to happen. So I had to decide either I passed on the other place and didn't move. Because somebody had to die or I know, and that's the saddest (laughs) thing. That's rough. So I had to decide how badly I really wanted to stay. And so I made the decision. I wanted Treehouse badly enough. Yeah. I was going to wait it out. So I turned down the other place, and I told my girls, I'm going to wait for Treehouse because that's really what I wanted. Oh, how terrific. And both my girls were super supportive. I mean, when I first found out about Treehouse, I called my daughter in Northampton and asked her to drive out and take a look. And she drove out with my granddaughter, and they drove around and came back. And she got on the phone. She says, Mom, whatever you got to do, get there. Oh, it's beautiful. It. We love it. It's uh-huh. perfect for you. Even though it's not in Northampton, yeah. it's just there. Uh-huh. So um, I made that decision. Oh, so and then glad. every I'm day, every day I waited for the call <laughs> uh, <laughs> and did eventually get it in September. Yeah. So you finally so, made it here. Right. So I just started kindergarten and I managed to get here in October. Yes. So that's so you're finally here. I'm finally here, and so and I'm coming up on here. two years. Yes. Now that you're here, I want to ask you, um, how how long have you lived here now? It's, it was two years in October. Two years now, and uh, as a member of this extraordinary community, <clears throat> what are some ways that you've been able to kind of really get involved to participate in the community? 
Well, it was difficult because I came right at the tail end of COVID. So everything was closed. The community center was closed. People were not really leaving their homes. In addition to the fact that I was very busy taking care of my granddaughter, and then my other daughter got pregnant. Oh. And so in November, a new baby came. Uh-huh. I came in October. Yeah. I was picking Ida, Ida up after school. She was uh, in kindergarten. Yeah. And then I was uh, grandma to the new baby. Yeah. Oh, how lovely. So yeah. even if things had been open, there wasn't a lot of time in my right. life to sure. really. And so I was struggling with, yeah. well, I'm in this lovely community with all these things. Yeah. But I can't do all these things because I'm essentially still working. Right. And yeah, you I didn't had... really retire because I had. Oh, yeah. You were still working and you were a grandma. Right. And taking care of your little. It was a baby. lot. Right, right. <laughs> so as things started to open up, I, I mean, I really didn't know how things were going to be yeah, because I hadn't right. been here pre COVID. Right. And as things started to come back and community dinners and those things, yeah. anything that was not during the day, I was able to participate yeah. in. Uh-huh. Uh, I did the intergenerational arts with my granddaughter. Yeah. We came out on Tuesday afternoons because it was after yeah. school. We did that together, yeah. and that was a load of fun. Um, both of my daughters came as they could to uh-huh. the community dinners, Yeah, brought the baby or brought Ida. And Ida has come to a number. Ida has adopted a whole bunch of grandmas, uh, I love you know, it. because yeah. she would come out to my place after school quite often. Uh-huh. And we'd sit it. on the porch and talk to anybody that walked by. So uh-huh. yeah. I'm her only grandparent nearby that she sees. <laughs> so this was this has been really good for her. Oh, that's wonderful. So um, at the end of last, so it had been two years, and I'd had both of the children you know, since the baby was born and, right. and Ida through first grade. Right. And I decided I really health-wise needed to take a step back. Right. Uh-huh. And in the spring, I talked with the girls and I said, I just can't do this anymore. It's uh-huh. just too hard. I, I can't yeah. physically. Yeah. I was having a lot of problems. So both my knees were supposed to be done, yeah. but I only did the one because uh-huh. of COVID. Yeah. So the second knee was still in need of a replacement, right. yeah. basically just bone on bone. And uh-huh. it was very painful and uh-huh. getting worse. And it was really, I mean, I couldn't really play with the kids. Yeah, I couldn't right. run or yeah. walk. Right. So I wanted to give the girls plenty of notice. The baby so now was. You've got your your knees are good, right? You have good new knees, right? I have yeah. one new knee. Uh, one new knee. Okay. <laughs> I have one new knee. So I'm not taking care of the children as a as daycare anymore. Right. I went back to just being a grandma. Oh, I see. Okay, that's right. good. Yeah. So I see them on you know special occasions on the weekends. If there's yeah. a snow day, I get right. that yeah. an early pickup. So. Now you don't have to take care of them as often as you did before. Right. Not, right. No, yeah. I'm not busy yeah. every weekday. So, so now you've been freer to get more involved. Exactly. In house, so now I can yeah. do things that are during the day, like the singing group that right. started. Yeah. And, so what do you um, think about the singing group? I love the singing group. Yeah. I think it's it's gonna it's taken a while to find its place. Yeah. And because I was so busy uh-huh. with the kids when I moved here, i I was very hesitant. I was asked. About two days after I moved in, yeah. Do you want to start a singing group? And I said, <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. be in one, but I can't be in charge of anything right yeah. now. You know, I was just right. trying to figure. I had been, you know, recovering from knee surgery and retiring, and I moved, and right. my mom passed away, and my dog passed away, yeah. And I was in a new community. It was just a lot, yeah. Sure. And then all of a sudden, I had a five-year-old that needed me, yeah. And then I had a new baby that needed me, yeah. So I. I couldn't. Right, sure. Right. Um, so even though that's what I'm you trained come in. come to our I, memoir writing group last Yes, yeah, and again, because yeah. that was in the evening. Yeah, right. So yeah. things that were in the evening I was able to do, as things started to come back, uh-huh. I was able to get more involved. And now, because I'm not busy during the day with grandkids, 
I'm able to be involved in more things. Uh-huh. So I'm just, I'm thrilled to pieces. I love the community dinners. I love the teas. I wish that more people would come. Yeah. And I wish that more children would come. Yeah. Um, because I feel like one of the reasons I moved here was to be involved in kids' lives as right. well. But I don't know the kids. Yeah. You know, and I know there's phases of that. You know, there's babies and then they grow and then there's right. older ones and it starts over again. So right. yeah. that's one of the things I really look forward to. And yeah. it was fun to bring my granddaughter. And there were some of those after school kids involved in that intergenerational yeah. arts. Right. Yeah. So that's something I'm looking more forward to. Uh-huh. But I'm just sort of coming out of my shell now and yeah. being able to. But the singing group, you know, it's so hard because... I want to take control and make it fabulous and work because I know how, <laughs> yeah. but I also don't want to because yeah. it's the time commitment and the the organizational commitment. I just, I can't, you yeah. know, I'm singing with a community choir one night a week uh-huh. and that's all I'm doing. Uh-huh. And that is just enough. Right. Because somebody else is in charge. Yeah. Well, somebody else plans know. the rehearsals right. and chooses to, the music. Right. We yeah. have to know just what, what we can do. Yes. What is enough. And, and, and right. every person has to decide her own idea of what is enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I've so, learned that about yeah. myself. And I noticed that one of the questions that was on the list is what, what have you learned about yourself or some such thing? Yeah. I've learned that taking care of myself Right. really has to come first where it has not my entire life. Right. And right. as a caretaker of husbands and children and moms and dogs, I'm now in the position where I'm living alone uh-huh. and have time and can address some of the health issues I've been ignoring. Right, right. It's time to take care of yourself, absolutely. Um, I w- how do you see your future here? It's interesting because I was just thinking about that the other day. I was thinking about moving and how horrible and uprooting that would be if I oh, had yeah. to do it. Yeah. And um, how glad I am that I see my future as not having to ever leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really think that this is my place, yeah. especially with my daughters and my granddaughters being here. Right. Um, and I want to stay put. I want to be more involved in the community as much as I can. I want to build my own life uh-huh. and make my own friends. And having come to the East Coast um, for my husband yeah. and his family, I left behind in California 30 years of friendships yeah. and connections and support right. groups and yeah. my sister. And so when I came here, I had nothing Yeah. as in the way of support and friends do you except feel for any my husband. kind of support here though I do and do. that's what treehouse is doing for me yeah is in Pittsfield I I just couldn't because I was no, so you busy have a support group right there. and so but one you of, do have uh, how do you feel supported here I feel supported by uh, one of the first things that I noticed when I moved in is neighbors were coming by to say hello but not being invasive yeah they were saying hi I'm so and so I live in blah 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 here's yeah. a plant let me know if you need anything. And they'd yeah. walk away. It wasn't, can I come right in your face and do stuff? You know, <laughs> yeah. Because I'm a kind of a private person. Yeah. I don't want to be, yeah. I lived a very public life. Yeah. As a choral conductor at a one high school town, Yeah. everybody knew me. Oh, right. Sure. Everybody yeah. knew me. Yeah. I could not really do anything without being right. seen or so, noticed. So it was sort of a celebrity right. thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. My mom said, I remember when I was very young and took the job at 20. Yeah. She said, oh, Kathy, you're not going to be able to pick your nose without anybody (laughs) knowing about it. I wanted to go back and ask you, where did the music part of you come from? You told me of your parents' work, but neither one was a musician. My father was a piano player. Ah. 
and a, a singer. Uh-huh. And he participated in, in, he was a professor at Harvard. Uh-huh. And he participated in singing groups uh-huh. as an adult for I, fun. Uh. But he played the piano every day. And we had a piano. Uh. And in fact, my earliest memories of falling asleep at night were listening to him play Chopin. Oh, how lovely. Right. Yeah. There was not television. There was, but it, we were yeah. not allowed to watch it. Yeah. And when we moved to California and I was just starting my first grade years and my elementary yeah. years, yeah. one of the things, I have a vision of that grand piano in the yeah. living room. And he played every night for oh. pleasure. Oh, that's lovely. And yeah. he would tell piano stories. Yeah. We would sit on the bench and he would we would make up stories and he'd accompany them. Oh. So I think that that musical yeah. thing came from him. Yeah. But then they encouraged me to take piano lessons and right. learn piano and then as soon as I could I started violin. Yeah. Cuz that's just what a young woman did. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there was a little bit of that Jewish in there. A young <laughs> Jewish woman learned how to play the violin. So I was a violinist through elementary and junior high school, started singing a little bit, and then got involved. I was in San Bernardino. Uh So it was a large city with 30 or so elementary schools. So there was an honor choir that was pulled from all of those elementary schools, four or five students from each one, Uh that made up the city honor choir. Uh And in fourth grade, I auditioned for that honor choir because my choir music teacher at my elementary school said I should and got in. Uh-huh. And started going to that choir, and the man that directed that choir uh-huh. was the man that put me on this path. Oh, I see. Yeah. And after my fourth grade year, I just I loved it, of uh-huh. course, and was doing very well and excelled through all the levels of the program. Uh-huh. And in fifth grade, he started encouraging me to do more with my music. I see. Uh-huh. And said, what, what are you interested in? I said, I'm interested in all of these parts. How do you make all these parts go together? Yeah. It's so pretty. Yeah. When and so he sort of took me under his wing. Yeah. He was uh-huh. actually, his son was writing music for Neil Diamond at uh, the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. He sort of took me under his wing. He was the music supervisor for yeah. San Bernardino. Uh-huh. So he was the overall administrator. Sounds like he was sort of your mentor. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. he taught me how to do arranging. I see. And oh, he wonderful. let me do arrangements, and then he let me do them with the choir. Oh. Yeah. So here I was in fifth and sixth grade. Yeah. He taught me how to conduct. Wonderful. Yeah. And he let me do the arrangements yeah. that he had helped me with. Yeah. At what are you, 11 or 12 years old, 10, yeah. 11 years wow, old? That's amazing. Yeah. And I was yeah. really good at it. Yeah. And he recognized that yeah. talent. Yeah. And encouraged me to continue. So he, you know, really was it for me. He that was the one wonderful. that said, I remember Keep as going. a child, I used to really admire Fred Waring and his group. Yes. And I thought, that's what I want to be when I grow up. Right. <laughs> yeah, that is so beautiful. So I stayed in all my, you know, my musical groups through grade school and yeah. middle school and high school and sang in the choirs and played in the orchestras and did all that kind yeah. of a thing. Oh, that's and funny. really... I was just so fascinated. By the time I got out of sixth grade, though, I couldn't go because it was an elementary honor choir. But he let me come back and continue to work with the choir on a a pretty regular basis. So, And I remember even into college, as a freshman, I would still go to his house Uh and we would sit and we would work on music stuff. So he was quite elderly by that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's funny because I was one of the questions that I was going to ask you before of, uh, you know, who, uh, any special heroes in your life and who influenced you. But I think that this man seems as though he was the very great influence. He was absolutely yeah. the great influence, although I have to mention that my elementary choir director, the one that 
sort of said, you know, I think you should try out for this honor choir. You're oh, yeah. a little bit above what the other students are doing. Yeah. She recognized that in me and pushed right. me in that direction. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I loved her to pieces. I sang in that elementary choir till I got out of that elementary school. Yeah. Um, and in strange full circle motion, yeah. when I got to the point in my college education where I had to start student teaching. Yeah. We did student teaching in California. I don't know if they do that here. Yeah. Um, my master teacher was her. Oh. Wonderful. She was at yeah. that time had moved from elementary to high school. Yeah. Excellent. And had her own yeah. high school program. So I was placed in yeah. that high school program as a student teacher with the same woman that had encouraged me to audition for honor choir in fourth oh, grade. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. You know, it was amazing. Yeah, and so wonderful. she's got yeah. to be the second hero. Yeah, I see. Well, that's wonderful. And she guided me all the way yeah. through and yeah. helped well, me. you're a very lucky woman, really. It sounds like you've had some wonderful mentors in your life. Your parents were always supportive. And uh, it's really, it's, it's worked out very well for you. <laughs> yeah. And you had a few rough periods there where you really struggled, but you came mm-hmm. out of it very well well. Mm-hmm. So what do you see as the future of Treehouse? <sighs> what do I see as the future of Treehouse? I think that all the things that we're doing now, we need to keep doing. Yeah. I think we need to put, I would like to see more emphasis on involving more of the community in what yeah. we're doing. I know yeah. that there's a big chunk of people. Yeah. I guess maybe that's exaggerating a big chunk, yeah. but as a new person, yeah. no, there's there a lot of, a big every chunk. once in a while I'll see somebody and say, who is that? <laughs> you know? I I remember when uh, years ago when I was passing out flyers for something going on, going to people's homes and meeting people that I had never met before. Right. And they said, well, I'm just happy in my little house. Yep. And they never go out and they do not get involved. Yes. And, you know, I'm very I'm very apt to do that. Yeah. Because, like I said, I led such a public life before that yeah. now having privacy is yeah. is a right. treat. Yeah. On the other hand, since 2008, when I moved to the East Coast, right. to now, because of all the things that happened since I moved, um, I have not created any kind of friendship or support network. And so I have to force myself yeah. to go out and do stuff. I yeah. have to say... I don't really feel like going to the community dinner. I'd rather sit here and read a book. Yeah. But yeah. I need to get out because yeah. otherwise I'll never meet anybody. Right. And so I'm consciously making an effort, even uh-huh. though I don't really want to, yeah. to come to these things. And right. I get that. And I know that there's people that get on the other side like, I don't really want to go and I should, but I'm not going to. Yeah. And uh-huh. so what is it that we need to do to get those people to become more involved? If they don't want to leave their house what can we offer them in their house? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it seems like there's other, but I, but I also am aware, having done church work all my life, which was always my second job. Yeah. Music teacher, church choir director, because yeah. <laughs> teachers never made enough money, <laughs> um, that there's always a core group of people that does yeah. most of the work yeah. and reaps most of the benefits. Right. And there's another group of people that are the surrounding circle that take advantage of all the stuff, yeah. but really don't have time or the will or the want yeah, to get right in there. Right. And I recognize that that's always going to be the way. Yeah. Well, I think that's a micro, we're really a microcosm of society because exactly. all societies that way. And when I've spoken with people who live in other communities of you know different kinds of, of uh, uh, co-housing communities, they say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe 10% of the people get involved. And what can we do about that? Well, I think that one advantage that we have over other 
I'm not going to say intergenerational communities because I don't know of any others. Yeah. But of retirement communities as a whole, because I've been to many of them because singers are always singing Christmas carols. At, <laughs> yeah. At, and even right. back when I was teaching, we always right. went to the retirement homes. Right. You know. Sure. The advantage I feel that Treehouse has, one of the things that brought me here is having the physical community center, uh-huh. the actual building that you know puts people there for you. And if, if I want to talk to somebody, matter of fact, when my daughter got in that car accident that I was starting to tell you about, I was so upset and so thrown off, and it was a Wednesday, and I walked into the uh, community building. The first person I saw was Tracy, and she looked at me. She said, oh, my God, what's wrong? Oh. And so I immediately told her what happened, and yeah. she was she was there. I mean, yeah. it only was five minutes, but I was able yeah. to tell somebody Yeah. because my initial reaction when my daughter called me and said she'd been in an accident yeah. and I did all the stuff, yeah. sat in the emergency room with her and the sure. baby and all that, and then when I came home, I wanted to call my mom. Uh, it was the first thing that came to me, and I yeah. couldn't because yeah. she was already gone. Yeah. And so the next best thing was I walked to the community center, and there was Tracy. Yeah. Oh, yes. And so uh-huh. those are the things I need to recognize. I need that now. Right, of course. Yeah, we and, all do. Right. Yeah. And so by having the center and having the, the people there that work with the children, the children come. When I was watching my grandkids, I could bring them down there to play. Right. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I got to see more people. They got to see more people having right. the playgrounds. I think that's a huge advantage for us. Right. And the children are so welcome. I mean, yes. If you bring your grandchildren, everybody will welcome. Exactly. Them. Yeah, exactly. And so that's a whole new world for me, really sort of socializing and getting out. Yeah. I mean, I did none of that yeah. since forever. You I, know? Th- I think you bring up so many excellent points because I think we all feel that way a little bit. I I know there are times that I think, oh, I'd rather stay home and read a book. I'd rather do this, you know. And, uh, but I realize it really does matter. Yeah. And, and I'm very happy when we had that involvement. And sometimes, you know, when they're having a uh, – last time we had a, a potluck, only about five people. Yeah, and up. it's always the same Yeah, yeah. five or six people. Core yeah. group again, but that's okay because I've gotten to know those five or six. Yeah, right. And also the neighborhood feeling, yeah. the little cul-de-sacs. Yeah, right. because directly across from me is Catherine, right, and Cindy, right, and they were the first two to be over offering to help and yeah. blah blah blah. And those I would probably consider those two women my best friends right uh-huh. now. Oh, that's wonderful. Of anybody yeah. in the whole world, if I had something horrible happen to me, yeah, I would you go to go one to of them. those two. Yeah, uh-huh. and um. You know, with the trouble with my knee in between cortisone shots and these, you know, you've known, you've seen me these past month or so. I've had a lot of trouble. And I said to Tracy, I said, oh, my God, I just I can do the grocery shopping and I can park and I can bring in all the bags. And I Uh, but then I sit down and I just like, oh, if somebody would just put these groceries away for me, she said. Walk across the street and ask Cindy. You know she'd come over and put the groceries away for you. So it's that kind of thing. And when Marcia was alive, Uh you know, she was pretty close to the end when I moved in. Yeah. But one of the first things I wanted to do was, what is it that we all do to help each other? Yeah. And I and so I've always tried to, if somebody needs rides, yeah. I took Marcia at a couple chemo appointments yeah. just so I'm doing that part. Yeah. So when it comes time for somebody to help me, right. I know it's reciprocal. And right. I know it's not right. based on that. But right. I love the fact that... Yeah. It's a helping community. Right. And there's people to coordinate it. Yeah. There's somebody like Tracy to send out an email and said, right. we all need this. And the newsletter, I don't know how many people read that, but I find it extremely valuable. As yeah, soon I as like I read it, it I mark everything yeah. on my calendar so I, do I don't too. miss yeah, a thing. I read it. Yeah, I think it's very important. So Although that, I realize a lot of people don't read it. But I know that when I was sick with COVID, uh, then Tracy sent uh, 
Jewish Christmas, uh, Jewish Christmas, I mean, Jewish penicillin. Yes, chicken soup. <laughs> the, the wonderful, wonderful yes. uh, soup that was so delicious, the chicken so, soup. And she gave me gobs of it until I got better. Yeah. And, you know, I know that the more I reach out, the more I will get. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so easy, I think, in our life. And especially for me, having gone through two husbands and taking care of my mother and then having when the dog died that was just yeah. uh, oh, I was, was alone alone sure and I horrible. had to face the fact that I'd been in Pittsfield five years and really didn't know a soul uh, and that's when I joined the Pittsfield community choir uh, because yeah. I was just I needed something yeah, sure and I sort of went incognito I walked in and just sat and sang I didn't tell anybody my background <laughs> I didn't tell anybody I was a director I just wanted to meet some people yeah. and some of the best friends I had in Pittsfield I met in that choir and they're still my friends they come oh, out lovely. Yeah. and visit and go to my concerts yeah. that I have and Very so nice. yeah. I had to force myself to do that and I'm still in that mode of it's such a treat yeah. to get up in the morning, and if I don't want to get out of my pajamas, <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> right. You know, as long as nobody comes knocking at the door without an appointment, I can sit, right. I can watch the Food Channel all day. Right. I mean, it's like such a treat. I have to find a happy medium, yeah. obviously. But the thing that, and I feel like if I had moved to one of those other places, yeah. Where there were no activities. Yeah. And you open the front door and you see Walker parking. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. know, I think I probably would have been much more of a hermit. Yeah. And not been enjoying my retirement life. Right. Yeah. And I want to enjoy that, especially with the grandchildren. Right. You know, I my think, grandchildren yeah. are very young in relation to my age and my girls' age. Yeah. I think that we are so blessed to have We're this so lucky. It is, it is a blessing. Yeah. Well, it is a blessing talking with you. It is so exciting to hear all the wonderful things that you've been doing with your life. And, and I think that you've it's all culminated in your coming here. And I'm so glad that you're part of Treehouse because you're a very important part of it already. Well, thank you, Lynn. I mean, that, that in it alone makes me feel like it's worth getting up every day. And <laughs> I really, you. really love it. And I, I feel like I've just been gabbing away and not letting you talk at all. But Oh, I didn't it's, have um, to talk. I was interviewing you. Yes, <laughs> yes. But I'm I'm glad that I landed here. And it's taken a while to, to let the dust settle from everything uh-huh. that I went through to get here. But uh-huh. I held on and I waited and I finally got a spot. Uh-huh. And I got a spot that I love because it had yeah. a place for my piano. Uh-huh. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I was able to bring my baby grand. Yeah. Oh, you have a baby grand? I have oh, a baby lovely. grand. In my oh, I'd like if, to come and hear If you it. can yeah. believe it. I would love to come and hear you play. Of all yeah. of my furniture, when, when my second husband left and I was in this enormous house with all this stuff, yeah. and I moved my mom up there and she looked around at everything. She said, well, my, Kathy, what are we going to do with all this stuff? <laughs> and I said, you know what? I don't care about anything but my dog and yeah. the piano. Yeah. If the piano and my dog come with me, we can sell everything else as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and I hung on to it with dear life and uh-huh. it moved to Pittsfield with me. And it was there, uh-huh. and it made it, and I, you know, got joy from playing. I'm not very good, which is the funny thing, because having been a singer and a violinist, yeah. I do everything with my right hand uh-huh. <laughs> and read everything in the treble clef. So uh-huh. when it comes time to play two hands, I'm very slow. Oh. But uh-huh. having taught choir yeah. for a million years, right. I can yeah. get But it's a joy. It's a, a uh, brings joy to me to sit yeah. down and play and make things uh-huh. sound pretty. Well, you're going to bring your joy to a lot to other people here in Treehouse. We really appreciate what you, what you do bring to it. Thank you. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you very much, Lynn. Right. Bye-bye. 
To find out more about our intergenerational community, just go to treehousefoundation.net. <laughs>